Welcome back to BTA Charity Voices Podcast with me, Anne Hughes. And this week, I'm delighted again to welcome one of my colleagues from BTA onto the podcast. Today, we'll be speaking with Adele Mills, who is the Head of Recruitment. Adele, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. Oh, you're welcome. I'm delighted uh-huh. and to be speaking to the sector. Exactly. And we actually met in person as well a few weeks ago. So it's lovely to actually know who you are <laughs> in real life. I know how tall you are. <laughs> uh-huh. So I know from chatting to you that actually you're quite new to the third sector, just joining BTA earlier this year. But where did your career begin, I suppose, that got you into recruitment and into leadership and into the kind of stuff that you're now doing? Well, I've got a commercial corporate background. I've worked in the finance arena for 30-odd years, mm-hmm. left school at 17 and got a job in the bank. And I thought I was going to be a teller in the bank, but no, I was put into the marketing communications team. Didn't realise at all that banks did any of that kind of stuff. But much of my career in the last 30 years has been about brand reputation, engagement, building trust across communities. So, yeah, I've worked with numerous big brands, including Bank Scotland, Tesco Bank, Virgin Money. So that was the old Clydesdale, managing a lot of corporate partnerships in terms of commercial sponsorship and corporate social responsibility. So Uh for the the last maybe 10, 15 years, I've been moving more into the, the, the CSR space. Nice. And then found I had a big background in football sponsorship. Uh, that led me into joining the board of Falkirk Foundation, which is a charity arm of Falkirk Football Club. And I'm now the vice chair of, of that charity. So I've been moving into the sector slowly over the course uh-huh. of the last 10 to 15 years I guess. Uh-huh and it brings real insight the fact that you can see CSR from that opposite direction from where I see uh, it and absolutely. you know I'll keep that in mind next time I'm dealing <laughs> with somebody that's got a big CSR because that is an interesting insight to have isn't it that you just so get I'm, it from the other side. I managed the corporate charity partnerships but from the other side, you, you guys see it from the charity perspective and I've seen it from the, the corporate perspective. Uh-huh. So you've been working with charities for a long time then? Oh, yeah, lots of char- national charities as well as local charities across the UK. Uh-huh. So many of the charities that I'm coming into contact now through my current role I've been involved with in a previous life. Uh huh. And what about that vice chair position? I always think that being on a board gives you such good insight into the sector. And I certainly encourage colleagues to think about joining boards because I think, like, I can speak so much more knowledgeably about so much stuff because I sat around a board room table when it comes to, you know, governance and things. So, what has that been like being involved at that level? Been a, it's been an education and I, I really do think that every day is a school day anyway Aye. and I love uh-huh. learning. So it's been involved the foundation, sitting on the board, being around the table with people that have skills and experience that in, in other areas and in other industries that I don't have. It's always a learning and I would encourage anybody. In fact, I'm encouraging my own team within BTA 
to get involved with a charity with the aim of sitting on a board and representing themselves and their experience and their knowledge at board level at some point in the near future. Yeah, it's really, it gives you so many insights and being freelance especially, it means when I'm going into probably smaller organisations than, than the one that I'm on the board of, but I have so much insight that I would not have had four years ago before I joined the board. And it, and it works the other way around as well. You, me and the other people that sit in that board can give so much insight back to the charity. We all bring our specialist knowledge and experience to do that. Uh-huh. And it's great to be able to support something that you're passionate about in that way. Yeah. Yeah. And so therefore, it sounds, I suppose, you've been with BTA since February 22. So we're about 10 months now, nearly. Yeah. And... Yeah. I suppose, like, it doesn't seem like such a leap from the third sector when you tell us about your background, doesn't it? That you came from the private sector into the third sector because you've been working with charities for so long anyway. But what made you decide that this was the role that you wanted to go for at the start of the year? I've known Bruce Tate for many years. I've always kept in touch with Bruce and he's given me some fabulous advice and guidance over these years he approached me in, in, to be in the January, asking what I was up to and, and whether I was looking for opportunities. Now, at that point, I had been made redundant from Virgin Money and I was looking for something. I didn't really see myself coming into it. It wasn't something that I had thought about, to be perfectly honest. However, what I did want was to be in an organisation that was values-led that felt like a family, looked after its staff, because I believe if you do all of that, then the output that you get from your staff is so so much more. And I also believe in taking opportunities. I think opportunities are presented to you for a reason. Mm. And this came out of the blue, and I thought, this has been sent to me for a reason. So... um, there's a whole host of reasons that I wanted to jump at the chance of them that Bruce had offered me. Great team, great organisation, really successful, been led by Bruce, learning from Bruce as well. And, and I've got a fabulous team around me of all ages and all skills. Mm-hmm. So why would I not take this opportunity? And also recruitment wasn't my background I was you know I'll be honest about that however I've recruited right through my career at various different levels and I've been able to bring my life experience to to deliver in the job as well and I can honestly say that I think that this recruitment team that we have in BTA will be the one of the best recruitment teams that that we've ever had. Yeah and I suppose that insight as in speaking with charities, understanding what's going on with them, understanding their structures, you know, you get real insight of that that you've been getting when you were managing all those those corporate charity partnerships in the bank as well. That must give you a just a really fresh look at charity. Again, for you from a different angle, but for BTA, I suppose what it gives is somebody who gets charity but isn't, it hasn't always been in the charity sector. Uh, yeah, absolutely. It's, I'm actually, I'm finding myself asking questions that I probably would never have, have thought about asking before. 
And charities are very similar to, to the corporate organisations I've, I've worked with. They're, they're run like businesses and have the same roles that, that corporate organisations have. So there's a lot of similarities between what I've done and, and my and previous roles to what I'm doing now. The, the charities that, that, that we have recruited for and I have worked personally with for the last, over the last 10 months, I mean, I can't express how much I have enjoyed recruiting for them but I get pleasure out of helping a charity recruit the right candidate yeah. but also get so much pleasure out of finding the right role for the candidate as well because uh-huh. um, they both have to be right don't they absolutely mm-hmm. absolutely there's a right candidate there for every role it's it, what does upset me a little bit is when when you have a number of candidates who you know are, are great for that role and you have to tell one or two of them that they're not getting the, they're, they're not being successful but you know that there's something else out there for them uh-huh and so do you sort of do it very much in both hands so you're working with the charities that have got a post that they want you to recruit for but do you also work with fundraisers who are like i'm on the lookout for my next opportunity can you keep your eyes open for me do you do both Absolutely. We have people coming to us regularly looking for careers advice. And I would always take time to speak to people um, because you know that they will that there will be a role for them. There will be a role, role at some point. It might not necessarily be right now, but there will be a role at some point. And if I've got that person in my head, then, you know, it's an easy call to make. But obviously, we go through that all the advertising and and creating awareness as much awareness as I possibly could to find the right person. But uh-huh. if you've got a handful of people as well that they, that you know have the right skills and abilities, yeah, and I think that's an interesting insight, certainly for listeners. To know that because I didn't know that for most of my career, I'll be dead honest, that when it was time for me to move on, I could actually go and speak to recruitment companies. And I don't know that you can with them all, but I didn't know that I could come and speak to BTA and say, look, I, between you and I, very confidentially, I am looking for a new role. I'm not in a major hurry, but when the right thing comes up, this is what I can do. So uh huh. And so, is there an invitation for folk to do that? Then, do you think, Adele? I would always, I would always encourage people to approach a, the recruiter, the hiring manager, mm-hmm. regardless of whether it's um, a recruitment agency like ourselves or whether the the organisations recruiting them um, directly. I would always encourage people to approach them. Whether and they might, then even though there's not the roles at the, at that time being being advertised. If you make yourself aware to the, the hiring manager or the recruiter, you're going to be in their head. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I would always encourage that. Uh-huh. And you know what I have said, and I was probably told it at previous points in my career, and I now say it to other folk, is like, see your CV, be continually updating it because you don't know. And you forget stuff, don't you? If you work somewhere for five years, you'll forget all the ones you had. And I don't mean the individual things, but the training that you've done and, you know, partnerships that you've maybe won or how you've negotiated something that's been quite difficult. You need to keep a handle on that, don't you? And keep keep note of all that stuff. Uh It's easier and quicker to update your CV as you go than it is when you, if you've not done it for a year or two Mm -hmm. and you suddenly see a job, uh-huh. And you want to apply for that, and then it takes you takes you a lot longer to try to have to remember all your achievements and 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 what you've delivered than it does if you're updating it regularly. And so, when you talked about the fact, Adele, that you wanted to be part of a values led organisation, 
And I think that's something that, you know, it's a buzzword sometimes for people, isn't it? But I suppose it would be interesting to chat about what does that mean for you and what could, how do people that think that sounds like something I'd like to do, how do they start to look for what the value, what their values are and what the values of the organisation that they're going to work with, what would be important, what would be a good match? How do you start to navigate that? I guess it's what's important to you and what represents the company mm-hmm. um, and the organisation. For me, I wanted to to work somewhere. It wasn't just a number. Uh, I felt part of it. Mm-hmm. I was engaged and my, my opinions were listened to and, and, were val- and, and are valued. That's really important that you're not just a number, mm-hmm. not just a headcount. You are actually... You're an employee with opinions, valid opinions, and a valuable contribution. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that was something that Bruce has showed me throughout all the many years that we've known each other. And I've always admired his his thinking. Back to what I said earlier, when he offered me the job, I jumped at it because I wanted the opportunity to learn from somebody like him. Mm-hmm. And I think isn't it interesting as somebody like still on my career journey, albeit I am freelance, but sometimes I encounter folk and I think I'd love the opportunity to work with them, to see how they work from the inside, you know, being part of their team, being part of that organisation, because there's lots there that I could learn from and there's lots that I think I could bring. And so I probably get to do that more often and more frequently than somebody that's not freelance. But it's worth thinking about what is the organisation that that you're looking at and thinking, I'd love to work for that organisation. And then actually, like, you know, getting your CV ready, getting in touch with a recruitment agency, saying, if they recruit, I want to know about it. Absolutely. And also going direct to the organisation, sending your CV to either the HR team or the person that, the heads up the team that you would ultimately be looking to join people the clients of charities come to us because we have specialist expertise yeah and we're an expert across the sector candidates come to us because we're an expert in the sector as well yeah so we are always there to to provide advice to a charity or a not-for-profit organization but we're also here to give advice to candidates as well. Uh-huh. And I think what's really interesting, I suppose, about you and your career, Adele, that you told us about earlier on and the, the chat, that you never came from the charity sector, you never really expected to be in the charity sector, but here you are quite far into your career and yet here you are. And so it sort of puts that call out to people as well that no matter where you are in your career, there's always a space for everybody and all their expertise in the sector, isn't there? Absolutely, isn't it? There's, it's never too late to ch- either change your career or take up opportunities, as a, as you quite rightly said. Well, I don't mind sharing my age. I'm fifty now, and I never, ex- I always thought I'd be in this the, the, in the corporate world, but here I am, changing career at, at the age of fifty, and, and look what it's brought me. Brought me, it's brought me great happiness, much enjoyment, great work satisfaction. And someone once told me many, many years ago when I was young, to accept every invitation because you never know where it's where it would lead. Yeah. And I've tried to live by that uh-huh. and it, it generally has worked in my favour. Yeah, and I think it's it's nice as well that within the sector, and I think I can see this 
as somebody who's only ever worked in the sector, to be fair, for a long time, nearly 25 years, that I think the sector's always open to any kind of experience that it can bring that's new because we understand, especially as a fundraiser well, I understand that if I now know you who understand CSR from banks' points of view, then, oh my goodness, your knowledge is going to be invaluable in me. As, a, as if I was starting a new partnership. And therefore, there's always those different opportunities in the sector, isn't there? Great teams are, are, are made up of people with different backgrounds, different skills, different knowledge, different experiences. I always try to build my teams around different people with all these different things because from that becomes brilliant teams and and and, and if you if you can build build a team like that you can go and build new things. When you reflect back on your career, what has been the proudest moment of your whole career? Gosh, there's been so many highlights. I've represented my employer at Westminster, Downing Street, I have um, presented the trophy to the the winning Scottish Premier Football League team. I've been in I've been in the helicopter and helicopter Sunday. Oh, wow. Dash in between, been in the sky, not knowing whether whether I'm taking the trophy to um, Celtic or taking the trophy to to Rangers. There's there's oh, I've been the first female at um, the top table at a lot of a lot of things. Um, I've, I've been a female in a very male-dominated industry. There's too too many highlights to to mention. Oh, that's a great mark of your career, isn't it, then? I've just just had a wonderful career, yeah, and I wouldn't change a thing. Oh, wonderful, wonderful. What is, I know you've talked about some advice that you've been given in the conversation that we've already had, but if you contemplate the best piece of career advice you've ever been given, what would that be? I've probably mentioned it, actually, Anne, and it's, Accept every invitation because you don't know where it will lead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So see opportunities as a, a opportunity. How I say that, because somebody said that to me once and I say, show up for what shows up. And so when yeah, something random shows up, I think, well, that's a bit odd, but I don't just shut it down. I open the door and I take a wander. That always leads me well as well, mostly. Uh-huh. Absolutely. I, I, it's just another way of saying it. Yeah, uh-huh. absolutely. So mm-hmm. there, people, anyone that's listening... Take up these opportunities. Go yeah. for a wander. See what uh, happens. Exactly. Exactly. What is that piece of advice that you, you've you just given as one? But if you were to be giving people in your life and your career advice, is there something that you tell them time and again? Learn from everyone. Learn from the bad things as well as the good. Hmm. Um, and you can't go wrong. You'll know if you learn from the bad, you'll know how you don't want to do it and how other other people don't want to to see you. And obviously, if you learn from great people and take advice from great people, every day is a school day and you you're, you don't stop learning. Yeah, I always actually like to contemplate that I never lose a win or a learn. And I don't mean like everything's a win. I'm not that competitive. But like even when it's rubbish, even if I ended up at the wrong meeting or with the wrong person or taking on the wrong opportunity, I've still learned something in that because I'm like, I'm not doing that again. Exactly, <laughs> Do you exactly. Know what I mean? uh-huh. <laughs> and we've probably done that more often than uh-huh. um, but but yeah, that you'll learn from it. Exactly. No, I totally well, agree what, with that one. Mm-hmm. Learning every day is 
something something new. Uh Uh-huh. And I know you've spoken about your team at BTA, the recruitment team, and how clearly fond you are of them and how proud you are of them. But if you were to think of a team and what makes one of the teams that you've worked in, what made it so good? What is it that you think are the ingredients of the perfect team? Everybody has to get on. Everybody has to be engaged. Everybody share share information, share knowledge, be there to help each other. Mm-hmm. Makes a happy team, uh-huh. and, a, and a happy team is a more, more engaged team and a more productive team. Exactly, and I think understanding that you're not in competition with your team. Oh, absolutely. And that actually, if you know, as me and my my best friend often saying, from where I'm from on the, the River Clyde, all boats rise with the tide. We love a wee ship analogy, but all boats <laughs> rise with the tide. So if I can do well and my team can do well, and if I watch them shine, then we all rise, we all rise. And it's a lovely way to live life, actually, believing That's that all boats rise with the tide. Also, going back to my world in football, you know, mm-hmm. football teams, certain football teams are, have been a great success. Falkirk FC have been great success in the past, not so much now, but um, if you look at any successful team, whether it's in, in sport or wherever, they, they're successful because they come together yeah. and they work together as a team. That sounds a bit corny, doesn't it? <laughs> but it's true. It is true. Maybe the truest stuff does sound a wee bit corny, but I think that doesn't mean we should stop saying it. So thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. And I suppose just to say again, and I'm sure you'll, you'll agree with this, if anybody is either wanting to recruit to their team or wants to find a new job, they should be getting in touch with you, shouldn't they, Adele? Absolutely, get in touch. Just go onto the website or send us an email at recruitment at brucetassociates.com and, and we're here to help. Great, great. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast and sharing a bit of your career. Oh, you're very welcome. It's been great talking. <laughs>